At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional bond. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast where additional questionable stat holidays are welcomed. And my name is Larry Wu. And uh, I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, I don't think any stat holiday is questionable. I, I welcome them all. Let's think of let's think of other reasons, no matter how obscure, to give uh, and, ourselves and, days off. And you're totally right. We we just we just had our, our first stat holiday, which really people celebrate because it's kind of like almost the unofficial start of summer here in uh, Canada. So this is. Victoria Day, also AKA May 2 4. You probably moan more for the latter now. Yeah. The, the Victoria Day history is it, it is celebrating the uh, holiday, uh, the birthday of our monarch that uh, was uh, around when Canada became a country. And uh, what is her? Now, there was, there was a change to it, right? Like her birthday is not on this day, but we celebrate the first Monday. Was it before the 24th or after the 24th? I think it's the first Monday after the 24th. I think that's how it, yeah. uh, it's celebrated, right? Yeah. And then I guess this year it actually landed on the... Yeah. So, uh, but but yeah, it's just, you know, hey, day off. Hey, I'm I'm all for it too. You know, you, you, you don't need to give me a reason. Like, quite fine. Yeah. We want to celebrate Queen Victoria. Great. She's never been to the country before. Great. But you were telling me off air that she had a hand in selecting Ottawa as the capital, right? From from England. She's never been to Ottawa, just said Yeah. She she yeah, she she I guess by her royal decree picked Ottawa to be the capital. And uh I'd heard before I don't think it was from any like official historical document, but she picked it because it was sort of like a a sort of backwater lumber town that was unlikely to get um, invaded by the United States. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not, but... Take it. Day off, Curtis. Fire (laughs) off some fireworks. Have a day off. But I think, you you know, Victoria Day, I'd be hard-pressed, I think, to find, you know, somebody who was, like, under 20 who knew why it was called Victoria Day. Like maybe they think that it has something to do with British Columbia or <laughs> something. Or maybe they don't even know. Maybe they don't even know. Maybe they only know it as like, you know, not necessarily May 2-4 because that obviously has connotations of uh, of drinking like a, a Scarborough suitcase of Molson Canadian out at the cottage. But, uh, but you know, they may just think it's like the holiday Monday or the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the May long weekend or whatever. You know, as... As you know, Canada sort of gets older as a country. I think our ties to Britain become more and more frayed. You know, we're 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 a, we're a North American country. Our ties are to to this region, yeah. and things like that are just gonna. I don't know if they'll ever go away, but they're just gonna. I think I think start to fade in importance. Well, well let, let's let's do a quick rundown of the Canadian stat holidays. Like our youngest, so th- this is arguably probably one of the oldest. Maybe, obviously, not next to Christmas and the religious ones. But we'll talk about the religious ones in a second. The youngest uh, stat holiday that we have here in Canada is 
um, family day. Mm-hmm. And we don't get that at the Canadian press. <laughs> they don't. They don't recognize it. Nope. Wow. No, and I think it's because is it is it is it it's is the it February because, long weekend. But is it a federal stat or is it a provincial stat? Um. You're right. It is provincial, I think, but all the provinces have one. Right. But but CP gets around that by saying we're a federal, you know, we're a we're a coast to coast nationwide company. So we only. We we only uh, we 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 only acknowledge federal stat holidays. Yeah. So well, I, I brought up family day only because there there's. Other than a day off that McGinty provided everybody in Ontario, they, they should have done more wrap more around it. You know, maybe that's the day where you you get around with your family and you sing family carols about each other. So you can sing a song about your drunken uncle. You oh, know, I've got, I've got ra- a wrap some tradition around the holiday, not just say, oh, here's a day off. And it's this. It's true. The, more, the more fun, the more fun holidays do have a have a sense of tradition about them. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying, you know, sing, sing your carol about, you know, the aunt that you don't like and your drunken uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. I like it. So there's obviously the holidays uh, recognizing the history of Canada, right? Canada Day, uh, Simcoe Day, um, well, Queen Victoria loosely. But you were, you were, we were talking about it, 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 the religious holidays, right? Easter, Christmas. Um, am I missing one? I guess Good Friday, which, sure. you know, you can roll that into. Here, here's my proposal for a new stat holiday, Curtis. Canada is becoming more diverse. We're not predominantly a Christian-based um, society anymore. So why don't we start taking holidays from other religious cues? I'm proposing that we make Ramadan a stat holiday. I'll take 28 days. Yeah. <laughs> How's that for a stat holiday? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know. Yeah. Let's just have them all. Yeah, you know. But uh, when is our next uh, stat holiday here in Canada land? So we do we have one in June? We don't, do we? It's pretty pretty sad. I don't know if... Uh, I don't I think mean, we do. I don't think we have one till Canada Day. There you go. Canada Day it is. And then I guess after that is... Is there one between then and Labor Day? Uh, the the Simcoe Day or Civic oh, Holiday, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. But hey, I'm telling you, I think we can we can make Ramadan a stat we holiday. Have, we don't have a lot. No, no, no. You know, there's not many. You know, well, more than our um, American uh, neighbors, they 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 don't take a day off for anything. Or they have President's Day. I don't I don't even know if they. So, in some cases. Here's an example. In some cases, some states or most states will recognize uh, Martin Luther King Day, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, in Richmond, Virginia, it is General Lee Day. Oh, still, I'm 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 pretty sure. I I, I wouldn't be totally surprised, but but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm think I'm thinking we're due for more stat holiday. I'm waiting for some politician to maybe make a. Maybe by the time we get our last vaccination and we reach herd immunity, maybe that will be a stat holiday. Kind of like almost like a uh, uh, a freedom day. Yeah. 
commemorating the lifting of the uh, lifting of the uh, regulations and and uh, restrictions. Yep, and then you know, in a generation from now, it'll just be known as uh, the holiday where people just gather around doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. Another drinking holiday. Yep, like most holidays. Yeah, yeah. So we we have a a pretty packed show. So why don't we get going on with the headlines? We do have a pretty fun segment later on about uh, music in video games. So if you kind of like the two, you might want to stick around for that. But why don't we head to the uh, headlines there, Curtis, for this week? Um, got quite a few going on. So uh, the first one's uh, an interesting one. Uh, Amherst View, Ontario beekeeper loses 20,000 bees after swarm flies away. So <laughs> this gentleman, Dennis Smith, is like a amateur uh, beekeeper. And I'm trying to get the timeline. Uh, I think this is his only, he was, this was going to be only a second summer as a beekeeper. So he's no expert by any means. But what happened was he started noticing that they were swarming and circling above the, the hive. And, and there were thousands of them. And, you know, I knew right away what was going on, that the storm, that the swarm, uh, it, that it was a swarm and they were planning on leaving. So Curtis, you remember that cartoon when we were growing up? Was it uh, Spider Friends? Spider Friends? No. So I think it was Spider Friends. Uh, so this was a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, it was Spider-Man, uh, Firestar. Oh, Spider-Man Ice- and his amazing friends. Oh, and his amazing friends. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm oh, yeah, and Iceman. Yeah, so they yeah. were all roommates, right? And yeah. then they'd go off doing their thing. So you remember that one of their villains was Swarm, right? I don't remember Swarm. Swarm was like this, yeah, I don't know if they were bees, but he was just like bugs, and they would kind of form this humanoid-looking robot-like creature, and they would fight, right? <laughs> So what I'm what I was saying was getting on with the story. Do you think that when the bees were swarming, do you think they they would have like formed into like a big hand and maybe waving to to waving goodbye to this guy or giving him the finger? Totally giving him the finger. Like I'm just wondering if there was some like some, if there was some like hapless neighbor who who had a big sugar pile in his backyard that uh, that that he was guarding with a shotgun and, to the uh, bee mobile. Yeah. <laughs> Homer, you diabolical! And and there's the there's the Englishman. Yes, yeah, that's right. With the uh, with the tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great Simpsons episode. I snatched it when you weren't looking, and I'll do it again. Yes. Good day. Um, no, no, totally. I I think I think you're totally right. You know, it is it is a human being talking to some. Uh, and, and and something from the wildlife uh, communicating to the human being, they the swarm would totally have formed a of him of a hand flipping him the bird. Oh yeah, so yeah. we're out of here. Yeah, but but uh, yeah. So he lost. So you said he was an amateur beekeeper, which uh, I think you have to be to lose twenty thousand bees. Otherwise, you know, if that was your profession, you'd be you'd be in trouble. But apparently, he does still have seven thousand bees. Okay. So, you know, he lost, uh, he, 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 he lost, you know, over two thirds of his bees or whatever, but, uh, you know, he still got 7,000. So maybe he could still make some, some bee fresh organic honey or whatever you do if you're a beekeeper. Well, I think, I think it would take quite a bit for the bees to leave, right? Like I, I wouldn't think that bees would be like a, 
a migratory insect. Like if they if they have it good where they are, I think they would stay, right? Yeah. So obviously the conditions were in in that hive were were, were not up to a usual bee's standard. Yep. It's yeah. Out of here. So yeah. good luck continuing your amateur bee career. So yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully this will be a teaching moment. You know, and he can figure out what he went wrong. What went wrong? You know, maybe, maybe he, uh, maybe the amenities for the bees were lackluster. You know, bees have standards, just like just like any other animal. You got to oh, meet those standards, or 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 exceed them. You know, <laughs> if you want to be a successful beekeeper. So hopefully, this guy uh, with the seven thousand bees he has remaining can uh, make a go of it. But the, the, he, that might also makes me think: Why did those seven thousand stay? You know, mm. you know what I mean. Like, do you think there was like some kind of internal political turmoil that uh, say you guys can't come with us? We're we're going to we're going to the promised land. Yeah, or did or did those seven thousand bees pull a power play and exile those twenty thousand other bees so that they could get the sweeter digs in the in the honeycomb? <laughs> Well, well, we could only find out. We, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll wait for the um, the uh, Pixar movie to come out. That's right. All right. Here's here's our next headline. So this is uh, bringing in uh, our our a wrestling theme into our our theme. So he's been in the news recently. Um, good old John Cena, probably one of the last marquee guys that the WWE um, has had. And, and when I mean marquee guy, I mean he would draw a crowd no matter what who he wrestled it didn't matter i don't know if they have a person in the in the roster today that could do that yeah and he's he, in, and and i don't think they have a person that has crossover appeal like he has he has he's he's the last guy that had like sort of crossover crossover appeal and yep. you know well, he's crossing over the wrong lines here. So here's the headline. John Cena apologizes to China for calling Taiwan a country. See, I could have told you that, John. Don't go there. <laughs> so Mr. Cena, star of the newest Fast and Furious movie. How many have they made? Have they made? Have, have they exceeded the uh, number beyond police academies yet? They have. I think they have. I, 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 I think police academies <laughs> stopped around eight, maybe. Uh, so, so you'll love this one. He posted a video apology in Mandarin. So that, that's, you talk, you talk about pandering saying, I'm really sorry. You have to understand that I love and respect China. Now, if, if you're not sort of well-versed in speaking Mandarin, if you're, if you're John Cena, you know, sort of like a, uh, a white all American guy. Like, is there the danger that he may say something in Mandarin that he thinks is an apology, but is really a provocation? Um, I don't know. Because it's because because it's 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 it has tonal. There's tonal aspects, right, that we don't have in the English language. Where mm-hmm. you can you can say you can you can you can say something that that sort of sounds like the same word but in different tones, and they could mean different things. Is that well? Uh, I I haven't seen the actual apology, but I suspect that he just said 
a few words, you know, just saying kind of I'm sorry part. I don't think he went on. Like it was like five minutes of him. I, I, I don't know. I have to. I, I, I have to admit, I did not watch the 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 um, the apology, um, but he did put it on Weibo, which is, I guess, the, the Chinese political party <laughs> uh, social media there. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, he made a statement in an interview with a Taiwanese broadcaster in it. He told reporters in Mandarin. So I don't know. This maybe he speaks Mandarin. Oh, Taiwan is the first country that can watch the film. So that's that's really all he said. He he, he wasn't making a political statement. He right. he he only said that. And I think China was not happy when he made that. Uh, you know, honest comment. Well, he he didn't because he didn't say uh, Taiwan is the first rogue province that can that can watch the film. But, but I mean, like, you know, in, in fairness to to jo- to John Cena, I mean, like, we don't, we, we, you know, when when you're just sort of like average dude in North America, we're not privy to mm-hmm. the sort of the, the thorniness of the relationship between China and Taiwan. And, you know, I think in both Canada and the U.S., Taiwan is recognized. Uh as a country is it not and and that's how you so you grew up you grew up thinking that you know yep and then and then and then so of course you would you would say taiwan is he's, he was just proud that taiwan was going to be able to see fast fast nine or whatever it's called <laughs> the, the olympics right they they have their own flag they would have their own mm-hmm. team marching out so you're right if if you weren't up on the history it, it would be an honest mistake Mm-hmm. And and he didn't mean it by any malice, but I think um, the Chinese government, I think also hardcore Chinese fans of the movie were also jumping on it. So here's here's a uh, here's one of the the responses from uh, for the, the for the apology. Um, it says right here, "Please say Taiwan is part of China in Chinese. Otherwise, we will not accept your apology." One Weibo user responded in the comment, and it was liked a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. You don't really want to to do that in the sense that you know you 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 don't want to make things potentially worse. Mm-hmm. But then over apologizing, because I, I just think I just think that that um, and maybe John Cena, if he's talking in, in if he's actually talking in Mandarin in two different instances, maybe he's up on up 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 on on this. But I'm just I'm just thinking like there's just so many so many pitfalls if you try to sort of put north you know because i could just see going into it with north american sensibilities and trying to apologize or whatever and just making things way worse oh yeah no no no. so obviously his handler said we have to do this or the movie company said you we have to do this china's too big of a market Mm -hmm. but if those things were in place i would have expected john cena to go back into the the um the doctor of thugonomics character <laughs> and then like cut a cut a rap about it <laughs> that's right cut a rap promo about it yeah, rap, yeah. That, i would I, I was totally expecting that you know i wasn't expecting this groveling apology but 
it's too big of a market for them to ignore, right? You don't want to insult. You know what's to blame for this, all this? The Warcraft movie. The Warcraft movie. Well, I remember there was a bit of controversy for that one, wasn't well, there? Well, the Warcraft movie proved that you can, that, that China is a big enough market to succeed in without the United States. Because it did, it did, it, it, it was a bomb. It was a massive flop in North America, but it was huge in China. And, uh, and I think like Hollywood took notice because of that. They were like, you know, we have to, we have to play ball with, with China. Otherwise, like, you know, if, if you were a disaffected North American filmmaker, you could say like, to hell with this, I'm going to go and just make movies in, in China. And, uh, you know, I can, I can make, I can make just as much, just as much money. So, you know, having, having China and North America as, as potential, um, you know, as, 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 as potential money makers is, is, is now like very much part of the, uh, uh, part, part of, part of the, the plan. But I'm just, I just think that the world of Warcraft did a lot to, or the war, world of Warcraft movie did a lot to, to sort of shed light on that and, and sort of make people in North America realize like, you know, Hollywood's Hollywood's dominance could potentially be threatened by China. That's how big of a market it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, no. I'm not disputing the fact that why they, he did it, but I just thought it was kind of funny, especially for, you know, how you've seen John Cena before. And as John Cena, the character, Mm-hmm. in wrestling to, to to back down and grovel like that mm-hmm. and issue a, a formal apology but uh i wonder though like mm-hmm. i wonder if like actors at some point you know might get turned off of because because now it seems like if you're going to do a blockbuster and you need to make your money back like china is going to be part of the equation and i wonder if that's going to turn some i mean there will always be people willing to do it I wonder if some if some actors will will be kind of turned off by that. Like, if I do this, then that means like I got to watch my I got to watch my step. I can't offend China, you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, um, I don't really want that for my career, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to sort of um, you know uh, 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 what's his name Wes Anderson movies or whatever. Yeah. Well, didn't uh, wasn't there also an incident in the NBA? There was, yes. Yes, there was. Uh, it was the general manager of the Houston Rockets mm-hmm. uh, had some, I think he, he I can't remember what the I, I think I think he, he was, tweeted but... support for the protests in Hong Kong. That right? was it. Yes, that's, right? that's what he did. Yes. And, and that was a massive problem for the NBA because, you know, it's such a, it's, it's, it's such a desirable market um for for anything any any time you're trying to do business on a global scale it's such a desirable market and you saw the nba was more you know i'm sure i'm sure privately everybody in the nba offices for the most you know supports the hong kong protesters like nobody's nobody is is nobody nobody likes the the jackbooted police in these situations right like but you know at the expense of business, you know, they were willing to, 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 uh, to censure this guy. Yeah. Uh, so. And didn't, wasn't there, didn't LeBron come and kind of save the day 
he didn't really apologize, but he basically not directly apologized for the Rockets uh, a GM, but didn't he say something? I thought LeBron kind of came yeah, out. Yeah, he he did say something that kind of smoothed it over. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here, here it is. LeBron was saying that uh, Mr. Morley wasn't educated on the situation at hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which LeBron doesn't know. He doesn't know how much Daryl Morley knows about the situation in Hong Kong. Exactly. And and LeBron knows shit about it himself. But let's be honest here. Yeah, he knows he knows how to take one. He knows he knows he knows how to save face, right, for the for mm-hmm. the league or whatever. That's right. You know, so that's what he did. And and it's you know what? And frankly, it's it's gotta be disappointing to some people who both love basketball and don't want to see that kind of police presence in Hong Kong. You know, it's, 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 I don't know, it's very sticky, but, uh, but yeah, so, so John Cena apologizing, you know, it's, it's definitely out of character from the character that, uh, that, that we know, but, uh, Hey, money talks, money talks. All right. So, um, our next headline goes into the, well, duh pile headline is Fact-checked AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine does not contain a Bluetooth chip. That's good to know. It's <laughs> good to know that it's not listed in the uh, in the ingredients inside the vaccine. So mm-hmm. this is um, debunking all the conspiracy crazies with the AstraZeneca. Well, I, I don't know why they're picking on poor AstraZeneca. It's already being beaten up left, right, and center. Um, but the fact that uh, there's a conspiracy that the vaccine is injecting all of us with some type of nanotechnology. In this specific uh, story, it's about this guy who uh, posts this video on Facebook that um, takes his phone and tries to Bluetooth pair himself. Mm-hmm. Um and they can see on on his on his phone that the Bluetooth is attempting to pairing to some device called AstraZeneca underscore C H A D O X one dash S. Yeah, which is uh, which 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 is if you know anything about uh, Bluetooth, you know that you can, you know, it's the same like you can you can change the name of whatever the default name is for something you try to pair to to like larry's larry's headphones or that's know. right my my whole thing is why blue, you know it, it goes to show you that the conspiracy crazies are also like they also pick the worst technology a if this was happening they would not use technology that's available today <laughs> bluetooth is also the worst possible thing to pick yep. out of all of this Huge drain on battery, and you try pairing something on a good day. Yeah, I know it's fiddly. It's so <laughs> fiddly. It's so fiddly. The la- the range is limited. You know, it's prone to interference. Uh, you know, and 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 you know, we we you and, and and by we I mean like you and I, Larry. We own more powerful communications technology, just in our in our home mm-hmm. than Bluetooth. So you got to figure AstraZeneca, were they looking to, you know, put in some sort of identification chip so that they could monitor everybody? 
you know, if if we already have stuff that would work better than Bluetooth for that, you got to figure that they got to have like, you know, stuff like a hundredfold more powerful. So yeah, it's 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 asinine to think that they would just say, oh, well, Bluetooth, you know. But but where where's the end goal there? Because again, the problem with the conspiracy people, they never think it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, true. Someone has invented nanotechnology to somehow power a Bluetooth device that somehow has to work as a complete unit because it's not like they're injecting you with a single Bluetooth device. I would think that the the vaccine itself would be a whole bunch now a whole bunch of nanotech in there. So they all have to create a, a network or a mesh that would broadcast as a single device. So problem number one. Problem number two, okay, fine. Connect me. My phone, my teeth, my, my car, I jump in my car and my car tries to connect to me. My phone tries to connect to me. To what end? What? Yeah, to- I mean, to, to, what, to what end is always going to be the question. <laughs> so what is the Bluetooth, uh, what? make me can maybe me hey maybe maybe i can uh burp on command maybe i'll oh i'm hungry can i can i make myself hungry just just send a command to my bodily fluids well these these conspiracy theories they 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 rely on paranoia if you're not paranoid you're not really going to buy into them so i think like it a lot of it is just like people thinking that they'll be monitored that that with the chip AstraZeneca, for whatever reasons that they have, will be able to know where you are all the time. Um, but like the paranoia also comes with that sort of like um, you know, that that that's that's that sort of ego. There's that ego component to paranoia where like you think that they'd actually be interested in you. Like who are you? Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Why why would anyone want to track my? Uh... <laughs> My my interesting life, <laughs> yeah, you're you're totally right. And, yeah, and why would someone it, invent invent something that minuscule? Like we're talking, this is like technology beyond our capability to, you know, have an antenna equipped nanotechnology to tr- not even track me. You don't even have to track me. I carry a cell phone. I I use yeah. probably some form of social media, and some things track me. Hey, right now I'm I'm reading this article. I can see Google has already asked me if I'm interested in buying this uh, camping stove that I've been eyeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't need they don't need this high tech this high tech shit to uh, to sell you stuff. They're already doing it. And the funny thing is, because obviously there, there's a part of some of these people posting these videos and you know renaming their device to say for and also very unmanageable unimaginative. Why would you name your Bluetooth receiver on the other end that they just injected you as AstraZeneca? Like, why would you even name it after yeah. the vaccine, the poor vaccine that that was that, that's already getting beaten up? Okay, so you know another big problem there. But these people obviously put them onto social media to get attention, right, Curtis? Like, there's there's so yeah, it's funny it, clicks or whatever. So it's almost funny that these people will they almost took. Uh, George Orwell's nightmare and almost reversed it to what he, what George originally thought, which basically is big brother is watching, but when big brother isn't watching, 
I'm more upset, right? Yeah. I need the likes. I need people looking at my crap at all times. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And and that's quite hilarious as well as that, like, you're saying that you don't want to be monitored or you want to be off the grid or whatever, and you're putting all this crap on social media. Like you say, for the likes and for the impressions. Well, they're more concerned when Big Brother isn't watching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's just, uh, of course, the infuriating sort of end result to this is that there's some people that are going to believe this. Yeah. Well, here here's the funny part in the article, which also adds the duh. AstraZeneca did not immediately respond to Reuters' request <laughs> for a comment. <laughs> yeah, like, too much good sense. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like good sense yeah. to me. So there, there's other, there was, I also saw another um, thing about, I don't know if it's AstraZeneca, but it was vaccine related. But uh, the woman was saying that as a result of getting the vaccine, she is now... Um, magnetized in some way so they she had like this little hello kitty sticker that she attached to her arm and she made it say that this is actually metal and now it's kind of sticking to her yeah it's it's and and you know absolutely ridiculous and again there are going to be people who who uh who believe it just as as a sort of like uh side story that's kind of related about about this about what people will believe so a colleague of my brother's um he got his first uh vaccination shot and then his and then his uh his partner started um looking online at stuff and 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 it was stuff like we're talking about right now and started feeding this information to this guy and now he refuses to get his second shot. And he's telling my brother all the time, well, look at the stats. You know, all these people have died or got sick from taking the shot and stuff like that. And my brother said, it's ridiculous. I don't have any respect for your sources. And he goes, watch this. And he went online and he found like Tylenol. And there was an article about all these people who died taking Tylenol. And this guy was like, oh, my God. And then, and then Kevin's like, no, you're not getting it. That didn't happen. These people didn't die taking Tylenol. This is just the same kind of crap source. But he went and he found one on Vicks VapoRub. And it was about how hundreds <laughs> no. of people have died taking Vicks VapoRub. And this guy got freaked out about the Vicks VapoRub. Might kill him and not think like, oh, yeah. So people say, people lie and try to get people to believe their lies. I was having a very similar conversation in the sense because, you know, being Gen X, if anything, Everything that we grew up with has probably shortened our lifespan to begin with. <laughs> Fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll-ups. Twinkies. Twinkies. Uh, that orange drink that we talked about in a previous episode that McDonald's was issuing to schools. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was that? What, what's the... the uh, I, think, I don't know if it's sold in Canada anymore. It's it's big in the States. Sunny D. Sunny D. Yeah. It's, I, it's, I don't know. It, it's, it's not orange juice, right? No. But I used to, oh man, when I was in university, I drank that stuff like a camel drinks water. It was ridiculous. Um, and, and But again, those products, somehow, because you want it, is deemed safe, right? You don't, you don't, you don't look at the ingredient listing, what's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is, we, we can talk about the ugly stuff too, like smoking, right? That's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like all the cleaning products that have the scary symbols on it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, margarine. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there's so many other things that are scarier than this vaccine that we voluntarily <laughs> use and accept. Yeah, like if you if you go out if you go out on a Friday night and you drink and and you drink like five pints of lager you know you're 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 willfully poisoning yourself and i'm not saying this to sound prudish i do it all the time but uh you know i know that it's i know that i'm poisoning myself you know and 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 if if you're willing to do that which has no medical benefit at all and you're not willing to to take a vaccine it just it's just it just you know it doesn't add up yeah, you know, you're 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 willing to do things that you know are harmful to your body because you enjoy it, but then when it comes to to and 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 don't tell me that that vit that this that this clogging thing is is more dangerous than than alcohol. Alcohol kills people all the time, and you willingly take do it. No one yeah. for the risks. Well, hold on, Curtis. I have to take a break from the podcast because I have to plug myself in. I can feel the Bluetooth chips draining in battery just being on for the last 30 minutes. So you have to apologize. Oh, man, maybe AstraZeneca is uh, tracking you. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, maybe it'll, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll get they'll hit the, powers. They'll, they'll, they'll hit the make more funny button. Be more funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the last headline before we go into our, our special segment. Um, here's a funny one for those do-it-yourselfers at home. Homeowner discovers Jenga blocks propping up her bathroom fixtures. So this woman bought a house, uh, has noticed that in renewing her bathroom, she realized there's actually like her toilet paper roll holder, which wasn't flush to the wall as she gently pulls it out, exposing what appears to be chunky blocks of wood. She starts she keeps going and she finds out that the Jenga logo actually becomes visible, confirming the previous owners had used pieces of Jenga, Jenga puzzles to um, use as a quick fix in their, in their bat, in their current bathroom. My question to you, Curtis is why would you sacrifice Jenga blocks? Cause now you can't play Jenga or were yeah. you so tired of not playing Jenga and having that thing topple over every single time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could be. It could be that you got tired of having to pick up the Jenga, the the pieces of the uh, of the Jenga tower after a game that you thought. Oh. And, and the funny thing is, let's let's say she, let's say the person that had that used the Jenga puzzles kept the Jenga uh, game, and someone goes, "Oh wow, Jenga! I haven't played this in a long time." Or, "I love Jenga. Let's play," because visually, when you look at the blocks, unless there was a lot of them missing, you can't tell. If there's a missing block, mm-hmm. it's like doing a jigsaw puzzle and not knowing if there's a piece missing or not mm-hmm. yeah. until the very end, right? So you spent all this time putting together the Jenga tower to start the game and you kind of reach to a point and it's like an, an obvious non-symmetrical end to it, right? Like, wouldn't you be like so angry? Like, I just yeah, I do a table uh, flip at that point. Yeah, if I was looking forward to a to a game of Jenga and that's what that happened to me, I would be yeah, I'd be pretty upset. But um, I just wonder, like, does this does this stuff not get checked out in a home inspection? Like, like I'm thinking, like, if if the if if the toilet roll holder is not flush to the wall, 
like does the home inspector would a home inspector not sort of investigate a little bit or Uh, or, i don't think i don't don't think the home inspector is breaking out the micrometer or the level for a toilet paper roll they're looking at the big things but i I get you like yeah but still i think um, the more the the story is you know find out what your previous owner did for do-it-yourself fixes yeah yeah i mean i mean i guess it worked right like the like the toilet the toilet roll holder was it was uh you know the toilet paper was accessible you know, it did yeah. its job, made the toilet paper accessible. So, you know. But see, the, the 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 true question is if the other person was such a jerk and actually used Jenga puzzles, which basically meant that when she took the ro- toilet paper roll out, she should have been extra careful in pulling out that Jenga piece. Because the whole the whole house could have collapsed if she house, pulled out. <laughs> the whole house could have collapsed. That's right. That's right. That whole, that whole, up, that whole upstairs, the whole, the whole like new loft that the previous owners put in upstairs, that might yeah. just be ready to, to teeter at any time. So I, I can't tell if that could be the next Saw movie or the uh, next SCTV sketch, sketch with a Django puzzle, <laughs> do it yourselfer. I think, I think it would have been a really good SCTV sketch. <laughs> I, I think so. Too. I think so too. Yeah. All right. Well, that goes for the headlines uh, for another week. Um, so we we thought we'd do a fun segment with our video game segment for this week. Um, Curtis, this was your idea of kind of looking at um, not just the game itself, but the music behind the game, right? So uh, looking at the music in video games because you had tickets to the Final Fantasy VII orchestra like video game in in live music where the, the orchestra would actually play music from the game mm-hmm. in some sequence and, you know, enjoy an evening of familiar video games or video or music that uh, kind of invoked some type of emotion while you're playing the game. Right. Yeah. It was for the final fantasy seven uh, remake, I guess uh, they were going to um, do a, do a show at Roy Thompson hall, which in Toronto is sort of like the, the, the concert hall, the classical music concert hall. And uh, I was I was looking forward to it, and then it got canceled, obviously because of uh, the pandemic. But I did get uh, some news that it has been rescheduled for uh, March 2022. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I love the music in Final Fantasy, and mm-hmm. that goes right back to sort of like Final Fantasy. Uh, Final Fantasy VI, I th- or Final, maybe even Final Fantasy IV, but I think I'm really liking the music in Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy III in North America, and uh, just like uh, the and and you know we're talking Super Nintendo, so very sort of sort of like that MIDI sound or whatever, mm-hmm. but but just like what what they were able to do with that technology as far as music goes. Uh, was just incredible, and it's continued uh, up into you know throughout the entire series. And Final Fantasy fourteen, which I I think I've talked about before on this uh, podcast, which I really love to play, has like some of the best uh, some of the best music in video games. Oh yeah, yeah. for the longest I can remember, Final Fantasy never shortcutted on the music. Yeah, yeah. They 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 understand that it is a it is as 
important as you know the rendering of the graphics so i wanted to kind of show you this curtis because I, I know you were just talking about his final fantasy 3 so i i actually have it for the ds so you can i know our, our audio format but i'm showing my box of uh whoop, uh to you um of final fantasy 3 for uh DS. yes yes so, yes yeah i i, I, I told and even even on the ds the the music was it was it was a standout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I started when you when you brought up this topic for discussion. I started thinking about some games, and I I made a, a quick list of games that where the music really stuck with me for one reason or another. I do have one where I, I loathe the, the music, but I'll talk about that in the end. I I think, and this was something quite recent, and no no particular order. Um, this weekend. Uh, I downloaded onto my my phone uh, on from Spotify was the um, 1998's Grim Fandango uh, soundtrack. Um, so if you've ever had a chance to play the game, it's film noir, it's jazzy, beatnicky, um, with a Spanish influence in it. But again, even for 1998, it was it was not meaty this was like full-on brass band right yeah horns yeah. And, and and you know the bebop right <laughs> yeah 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 that um that uh that guy uh tim schaefer like the games that that he's done has you know have uh always had pretty distinctive music and uh i was telling you before he did this one game that uh I liked it didn't do quite as well as I think he would have liked called a uh, brutal legend, which, which uh, is uh, sort of like, I think it has an RPG and RTS elements, but Jack black uh, plays the main character. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's, if you know him from tenacious D, you know, like he, he, he likes sort of like that hard rock, heavy metal stuff. So it was all like the soundtrack was all like motorhead and, judas priest and all this kind of stuff and uh yeah it was it was uh it was awesome so that i mean that guy you know obviously obviously a completely different uh, musical style to grim fandango but like this guy again you know the music is a massive part of his video game experience i'm gonna go back into the vaults of stand-up arcade and i put this one on the list because in some ways, I, I still hum it today in odd circumstances. Uh, not because I'm thinking about the game, but if I'm doing something, you know, it, somehow it just pops into my head. Is the coin-operated stand-up game, um, I believe it's by Konami, is uh, Contra. Mm-hmm. The original Contra from 19, 1987. And it was a very simple one, but it just kind of had this feel of you're always in a rush or always running. So I think I think about that song when I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> or if I'm rushing to something because it, 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 it kind of made you push forward because that was a whole thing about the game where it's side scrolling and shooting. Um, and it's just that sense of pushing forward up the hill of, of up the mountain or something like that. Yeah. And it's not side scrolling at your own pace. You can... Oh, no, you got to You got <laughs> yeah. to keep moving. You, you there, there's no standing around in that up, game, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that game. I mean, it was so hard, um, and it had sort of like the music to match. That's right. It, it was, was always really tense, right? adrenaline, music. adrenaline pumping music. Yeah, that's right. Um, do you have another one on on your on your mind? That you... um, well, 
I, I we did talk about Blizzard, um, mm -hmm. which again, like big studio, so they can go big on the on the music. And uh, you know, I can remember the music from uh, from World of Warcraft quite quite clearly. I I played that game for probably about ten years, and it always had it always had good good uh, good music, sort mm -hmm. of uh, you know different. Um, different sort of light motifs for different rate for the different races and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you and I would remember um, the music for, uh, for Diablo, which was really sort of kind of, kind of minimalist, um, kind of, kind of middle minimalist gothy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. a, it's like a small minstrel band. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah and 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 so uh you know we played we played it as i think we've talked about before we played a ton of diablo 2 back in the day and so you know that that music always sticks with me as well as being uh i wonder what they're going to do with the diablo 2 remake uh, if they're going to do something similar to final fantasy 7 remake take the exact same music and just basically re-record it i i i assume that they would yeah, I, I I would I would hope so. I mean, because yeah. it's you know, uh, it could you know the, the game. How old is that game now? Like, it could definitely use use a refresher in the mm -hmm. in the music. But yeah, you want to keep the same. Yeah, you don't want to do any new songs for it. You just want to re-record and and yeah and and up the fidelity for their existing music. So I'm gonna name two games in this my my next picks. Um, the, both games are kind of were made in and around the same time period, and that's Grand Theft Auto Three and Wipeout XL. Grand Theft Auto Three, I found was interesting because you know, in by then it introduced like the radio stations, and you'd have this music. But I in in the PC version of GTA Three, you could actually use and import your own music into it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a neat little touch. You know, a little, you know, I don't remember a video game ever doing that before. Um, Wipeout XL, PlayStation 1 or PlayStation. Uh, heavy electronic techno. I remember hearing the Prodigy for the first time. That was Firestarter on that, on that soundtrack in that game. And I was just like going, what is this song? And, um, and, and the game, again, just like the Contra game, just kind of, you know, pushes you to go forward, right? It's 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 a well matched um, uh, for the genre that is. Yeah, because it's supposed to be like futuristic. You know, you're on this hover spacecraft, scrapped of some kind, racing through this uh, crazy track, right? Yeah, it's got uh, it's got a song that I remember really liking back in the day, uh, which was uh, "Atom Bomb" by Fluke, um, hmm. which I think makes an appearance in the first X Men movie when Wolverine is riding the motorbike. Um, yeah, I mean, that movie that, yeah, that, I mean, that was the perfect soundtrack to, to that game, right? It was kind of like, you know, um, that, that sort of style of electronic music was, was big at the time. So, and it's got like some of the, 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 the big names, it's got like a couple of Chemical Brothers track mm -hmm. tracks, uh, it's got a couple of Future Sound of London tracks. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think as far as, as sort of like a sound like using a soundtrack uh, for a game rather than sort of like the in-house stuff that I guess we were talking about with the previous games. 
Yeah. And, and and during that time, so 1996, that was also kind of the beginning, right, of, of that wave of electronic music being mainstream. You're seeing it more in movies over the next couple of years. I think the next mo- notable one would have been Train Spotting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Train Spotting probably would have came out in and around that time period as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would have, yeah. Um, and before I forget, one one interesting, another interesting thing about Grand Theft Auto Three is um, it had the it had the 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 uh, radio stations, but I think uh, with the exception of the classical station, I think it was all it was all it was all songs that were made for the for the game, mm-hmm. and then starting with Vice City or starting with Vice City. Then, then they, then they, then I guess because Grand Theft Auto Three was such a big success, starting with Vice City, they it was all licensed music, much, much like, much like um, Wipeout XL. So, so that was so you know Vice City was the uh, the one that took place in the eighties. So there was like a ton of there was an eighties hair metal station, there was an eighties pop station, all this kind of stuff, and uh, so now it's kind of interesting to uh, hear you know what. So what what artists that you know what songs are going to be in 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 the in the new Grand Theft Auto game? But I really liked some of the original music for that Grand Theft Auto Three. Some of it was, mm-hmm. was really good. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I I remember it again. It's it's huge because you spend all that time in the car, and it's like, oh, well, I'll just flip through the stations, right? Because again, uh, no other game was doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right where they you you had this not necessarily a a short loop. I'm sure if you sat in the car, it would end up looping, but it didn't feel like it when you're playing the game that it that it, it felt like you were listening to a live radio station and live feed, and it never repeated mm-hmm. in in your mind, right? So which is great. Um, I'm gonna pick something from the old consoles, and I this one has a, a you know it's Star Wars, so this is Super Star Wars Super. For Super NES. This was 1992. I remember playing this game and just being blown away. The game itself was pretty decent. Again, during that time, there was a Star Wars drought, if you will. Like there wasn't too much stuff coming out, mm-hmm. video games aside. Um, so the game came out, and I remember when the John Williams hit, I was like blown away because I was like, whoa, this is not like your video game meaty music. This actually sounds like john williams orchestra you know whether they did a a nice job hiding it but i remember just seeing the video game crawl and go being quite impressed with the uh, star wars fanfare being played yeah 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 i remember that i remember those games the the production quality on those i think on those games was pretty high and the music uh was was definitely no no exception and uh you know I guess when you compare it to like the the music in the in in the uh, arcade the arcade Star Wars mm-hmm. game, which was which is yeah bleeps and bloops, you know they kind yeah. of got, they got the the gist of it, but it was bleeps and bloops. So they hear to hear something that had like you know that to, to sound a, a lot more orchestral than that coming out of your console. That's, that's right. Uh, for for my last few picks, uh, I'll, I'll go modern. So you you mentioned Blizzard, um, so. The, the the competitive P to PvP game Overwatch, um, the music in that is quite good. Again, Blizzard, huge money, throw it in orchestra. But what I and and by no means it's the it's 
the only game that does this. What I what it reminds me of is how games will shift the music when um, to match the narrative of the game. So if the game is counting down, so the match is almost over, the music changes to this other, you know, overtime music, if you will. You know, we're about to call be called out, or there's spurt, uh, certain music that's played while you're in the lobby before the game the match actually starts so it's just that it changes with the what is going on with the game right just like how a movie would and it would be dynamic right so mm-hmm. that, that that i i always thought that, that was a really nice touch that video game developers do so it's not just kind of background it's actually part of the 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 emotional trip that it's trying to take you on mm-hmm. yeah yeah so speaking of emo my other modern day game music is 2015's life is strange so this is a story driven game um and wow it's like emo music indie band (laughs) all the time uh you name it uh but it it sticks it sticks out right like it yeah it fits with the narrative of the game and it goes really well much like death stranding you and i were talking both you and i have not finished it but yeah but the the music, the music in that game hit me right away. Like I hadn't heard of any of the bands that were playing, but I was like, wow, like, you know, this is like sort of very like, like this is, this is very sort of modern indie, very emo sounding stuff. And, uh, and, and, and I was, I was, I was uh, quite taken by it. And especially because the game's quite bleak um, and sparse. <laughs> but 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 totally fitting right like yeah. that music you could totally see if this was a movie and you saw norman reedus's character walking or riding the motorcycle through the barren wastelands that that the character's in mm. sure i can hear that in watching a movie in the background totally yeah. see that happening so you know it was it was it was great foresight right just so he like you said uh kojima knew the feel he wanted for that game right yeah, and it's you know it, it when when you go on his Twitter feed like he's always talking about uh, he's a big Joy Division fan and I guess from there he's he's sort of continued to like that sort of uh, that sort of indie emo sound so I think he comes by it honestly you know when, mm-hmm. when he's putting this kind of stuff in his games. Um, I, I I'll, I'm go back into the vaults and before I say my um my my loathing game game music one uh i think the first stand-up video game that i noticed the music on when i was a kid probably would have been video game matching the movie is tron Mm -hmm. because it had music meaty music from the movie in the game right like Mm -hmm. the whole tron theme was it was it was in the game and i i remember just trying to think back as a kid because before then all games just basically had like bleeps and bloops and and or just kind of beats like right like there is no music to space invaders it was just the beat of the aliens marching that's right yeah um there was some music in dig dug <laughs> yeah like there's often like a little flourish when your character first appears or whatever that's, that's right i think yeah. that's probably the best way of saying yeah it totally flourished but until I think Tron would have been one of my earliest memories of, wow, there's this, the, the music hitting, is hitting me differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one ga- game back then, so this would have been in 1986, um, 
it hit me in the worst possible way because a the game was extremely frustrating and hard and then the music just mocked you and that is the game bubble bobble <laughs> uh tato right yeah. tato uh um, yes that's so right. you're yeah uh, hundred levels. I think the game literally had a hundred levels, and each one was different, and it was just overly frustrating. And yeah, I, I, I have this game for the PlayStation, and and I, I actually have to play it with the volume off. I can't, I can't manage it. I, I know this. I know the exact song. It's stuck <laughs> in my head too. It's stuck in my head too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in not a good way. <laughs> oh, please stop, Curtis. I'm not going to be able to sleep at night. I'll sleep with cold sweats. Sounds like it sounds like something a clown would come out to, which makes it even scarier. Exactly. Uh, is there is there one particular one that maybe you you were loathing and in, in back back? Maybe it could be something recent, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever really loathed anything. Um, I well, mean, I'm sure I'm also, I... but maybe I just don't. Maybe maybe I just yeah. come out of mind or whatever. I, I, the bubble bobble one i did i just found it jarring because the game was so frustrating <laughs> and the music was just felt like it was just mocking me yeah yeah i could see that i could see that um yeah i guess i guess uh the one the one that used to really annoy me and it's only because like the game was did you ever play winter epics remember epics summer games and winter mm-hmm. games so winter games had uh, it had hot dog which had like this cool little guitar lick, and that was like basically doing aerials. But the 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 figure skating, uh, one the figure skating event, it was it took it was it was about like two two minutes, but it seemed like ten minutes, and it had this really sort of grating because it was on Commodore sixty four. This grating sort of uh uh song that i guess was supposed to be like you know like you know when 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 you see figure figure skaters out there and there's it's like usually an orchestral uh you know the music is a massive part of the routine so i think they're trying to go for it but it sounded like shit and (laughs) they did a great job with all the national anthems though they did they did a great job with the national anthems the music for the most part was good in that game but the it was terrible in this and the event and i think maybe i thought it was worse because I hated having to do the event because I always wanted to do all the events so that I could, you know, so that I could get like the most medals for like, mm-hmm. you know, Egypt or whoever I was representing. And, uh, and, and that, that it was just such a time sink. It was so boring. And I found a glitch, which is if you just press down on the joystick, your skater would just go on her ass boom 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 for the two minute duration and you'd get six point o's across the board still just yeah. for not even doing a routine that's 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 yeah just good. falling on your butt for two minutes straight while it went like doo, 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 doo. okay well that was that was i think i almost got into the mario sort of underwater song but it sounded kind of like a bad version of the mario underwater song yeah but it goes to show you, how, you know, not only how important the music is to the game, is how it's transcended the game. You know, like you're talking about going to a concert, and that's nothing new. Like it's been they've been doing it for years. Like I remember what they call it the the big one, the big mainstreams like video games on tour, and they've been doing it for probably over ten years, doing these traveling shows where they'll play maybe not like the Final Fantasy VII score, which is expansive, but they'll do several different games and that would be the set 
mm-hmm. right? Um, but it just goes to show you that there's there's a there's a um, uh, there's a market for it, right? I I I'll I'll be I'd be lying to say I I I never um, listen to it on Spotify, but I'll have it in the background if I'm doing chores at home. Like it's just kind of nice background music, yeah, as, yeah. as you would, and it and, you know it invokes a emotional response of oh I remember this game, I had fun times playing this game. Though if Bubble Bobble came along and started playing after, whatever, I'd, I'd be like table flipping something or damn you and your dragon, whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forget what the, uh, didn't those, there was like a, a, a blue one and a green one, I think with yeah, player one, player two, player right? one, player two. And didn't they have names? Oh, I think it was horrible. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, uh, to end our video game segment and the episode, it's been seven months uh, since Cyberpunk <laughs> had been released and taken off of the Sony store and still counting. There are stories right now that, um, you know, CD Projekt is still saying, hey, we're still working on it. But I can't see at this point in time, like Sony ever saying, okay, I think, I think behind closed doors, Sony is like, no, this game will never see the light of day back in the store unless you redo it. I guess, I guess maybe once the PS5 version is ready, that would, that would have to be, there would have to be a reckoning at that time, right? Like, I, 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 I think they have to, and maybe that's what CD Projekt should do is just say, we're abandoning all further development for past generation and just say, PC and PS5 and well I guess did they come out with an Xbox what it yeah. must have been right it Xbox was, it was a... yeah Series X and Series S has it as well and that it didn't get delisted from that from them it only got delisted from Sony so Microsoft wow. store still has it how stable is that version it was it was just as bad um, or or am I gonna say who owns an Xbox Series One? Oh, I think I think I think I think from from what I understand, the best version was PC by by a fair margin. And but was, what level PC did I have to own? I think you had to have a you had to have a decent a decent gaming PC, but yeah. I don't know if you had to have like the latest um, Alienware or whatever. Uh, but uh, the, I think the second the second most stable one, Google Stadia. Yeah, but that's cheating. Like that's oh, yeah. using a server running yeah. your platform. Yeah. But you know, just saying. Okay. Yeah. No, and I'd be lying to say I I, I want to get back to the world of V, but oh, I just it's just it's just frustrating because I I don't even in the past any game that got delisted by Sony it has it gone this long? Like, did Horizon Down go this? It wasn't Horizon Down. It was uh No Man's Sky, right? No Man's, no Man's Sky. No Man's no yeah No Man's Sky. Um. It didn't take it didn't take very long for No Man's Sky to sort of win back its its goodwill, you know, like mm-hmm. um yeah, it, it got off to a I mean, it was to be expected. That game was like massively ambitious and uh you know, I d I didn't see how they were gonna fulfill all their promises at launch and they didn't. But I think, you know, the game that exists now, I haven't played it, but I know some people who have and I think like what what exists now is 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 close to I think the scope of what they were originally going for, but yeah they 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 kind of got their act together pretty quick and and I mean to be fair to 
CD Projekt Red in some ways. I guess they have put a lot of they have done a lot of fixes. I guess the problem is they released it in such a terrible state that even even a patch with with what looked like a uh, you know a a and a midterm essays worth of patch notes um, <laughs> still still wasn't enough. But uh, I I also read that the, that you know the game despite its faults has done really well as sales wise even after the the refunds that they gave so i guess cd cd project red is what while they'd love to get it listed back on the sony store i don't think they're desperate to get it back on the sony store and maybe that's that's the thing for me to come back to it probably would be playstation 5 mm-hmm I mean, that's what I, I mean. I do. I am interested to see how much it's changed because I've downloaded all the patches, but I've still haven't played since I've installed them all. And in fact, I do believe I'm going to try it and I'm going to report back to you next week and just give you a uh, a brief synopsis of how I oh. think the game has uh, improved or. It, well, the, the latest hotfix, the hotfix 1.22, April 28th, 2021. Uh, that's the latest one I can see. Added a retro fix for the issue where we fixed in 1.21. I don't even understand what that sentence even means. Where Takamura could get stuck in Japantown docks in the down on the street uh, mission. For players who already experienced it before the update 1.12 and continued playing it until 1.22, Takamura will now teleport to Wakado's parlor. I always need to teleport. But that's, that's what I love. That's 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 the danger you get into, and I love that when they have to have a hot fix to fix a hot fix. Like they've released a no, hot they fix they to got a hot fix to fix the something fix. else. Yeah, that's when you know you're in development hell. <laughs> yep, exactly. But uh, I, I I I I'd be lying. I still want to play the game. Yeah, I, like I say, and I will, and I and and I will die on this hill. There is there there's an amazing game in there Mm -hmm. there yeah you're totally right there's an amazing game in there uh they just need to hire as many smart engineers to come and just fix it yeah yeah um well one thing that can't fix is the fact that we're out of time so thank you again curtis uh for this week's episode uh you can catch curtis and i weekly on spotify and apple Podcasts. remember to hit that subscribe button uh wherever you get your podcast from us and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Working from home. Working from home.